Thank you for your warm welcome and welcome. I'm going to try this. I don't know what's going to be the best. If you can't hear me, please let me know. I need to turn it on. It's the top. Sorry. Just switch a bit. Can you hear me? Is that better? Yeah? Okay, lovely. Well, thank you very much for your warm welcome. And uh, I feel that it's a real privilege to be here. I'm here because I met Ian on a course that we were, um, a preaching course, basically. And uh, he thought, oh, maybe you would like to practice. So I'm practicing with <laughs> Okay. Um, so this morning, we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy. And it's a real challenge to try and do Deuteronomy in 20 minutes, um, all 34 chapters. But I think uh, you did that for Leviticus last week. So. <laughs> anyway, so this morning I want you to remember the three R's. We're, it's a bit like reading, writing, and arithmetic. Not quite the same, but very similar. We're going to be reading God's word that Moses wrote down, and we're going to be learning about a, a arithmetic, a formula, a very simple formula. Listen plus obey equals blessings. So let's pray. Oh, Father, we just pray that you would help us to listen. Father, the whole of Deuteronomy is about people that were hard-hearted, people that wouldn't listen, but you just long to give them your blessing. You long that when they crossed into the promised land, they would be blessed by you. And you told Moses how to set about living such that they would receive those blessings. Father, we pray this morning that you would give us ears to hear the things you want us to say. Lord, give me the words to say, help me to remember the verses you want to bring before the people this morning. Father, we just pray that you'd help us to remember some of the things that Moses said to the people and help us to apply them. Father, we just long to hear your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the first R, recount and remember the blessings. So Moses spent the first part of Deuteronomy reminding people of the blessings that had happened. He's, he, it tells us that he was the author of Deuteronomy, that it was written, we, were, it, we believe it was written about uh, 14 1446 BC, that's like 3,500 years ago. And yet this word is still alive today. It still brings us a message. Um, it tells us the location they were. They were in the wilderness east of the Jordan. It tells us the time. It was the 40th year of the first day of the 11th month. And it tells us in history whereabouts it was. It was just after the defeat of the Amorites who reigned in Heshbon and the king of Bashan who reigned in Ashtaroth. So we've got the recounting. That's when it was, where it was. Who were listening? Who were the people that were listening? Well, it was the people that had experienced God's blessings. It was the children and the generations that experienced the crossing over of the Jordan, the escape from Jerusalem. Those children had been there that night when their parents would kill the lamb and they'd put the blood on the, on the door and then they had to eat the bread and they had to be ready and they had to have their shoes on and they had to escape. And then they could see the Egyptians coming and then they got to the Jordan. And then, oh my goodness, what's gonna happen next? And the waters opened. 
They were the people that God was addressing. They had experienced that. And he's telling them, remember, that's what God does. That's what God can do on your next journey. You've experienced it. You've been in the wilderness. You've been there where there was nothing to eat and God gave you manna. There was nothing to eat. He gave you quail. There was nothing to eat, to drink. He opened the rock and the water came up. These are the people that Moses is talking to. Remember the blessings that God has given to you. Sometimes in the wilderness of our lives, we're stuck and we see, oh, there's nothing to eat. There's no water. There's not. We forget God can do this. God has done that. This is what God can do. And he's reminding the people, he's recounting the past blessings and just setting the scene saying, look, people, we're about to go into this promised land. Yes, the buildings and the cities are tall, but God has already destroyed buildings that were tall and, and walls that were tall. He can do it again. And we know that in, in, in Joshua, he did actually knock down the walls of Jericho just by them marching around. So Moses is trying to grab their attention. Come on, guys, we can do this. God is with us. He's done it before. It looks, you know, there's a promised land. Remember, your mums and dads, they, they got there, but 10 of those spies, they were hard-hearted and they were frightened and they said, oh, we can't do this. And God said, okay, can't do it. Don't want to do it. 40 years wandering in the desert. Two people were allowed to go in. Not even Moses was allowed to go into the promised land. But Caleb, we were told in, in Deuteronomy, he, he was wholeheartedly serving the Lord. And because of his wholeheartedness, God said, right, you can go in. Joshua as well, you can go in. So Moses is rallying all his people. He's, he's got God's love and fire and passion in his heart saying, right, we're ready on the brink of new blessings. God is going to bless you. So let's get ready. Let's remember what God's done. And then he goes on to say, let's repeat the law. Let's repeat how we can get those blessings. This is God has done these blessings. He's given us these blessings. And now he wants to bless us even more. And so what does he do? He spends chapters 4 to about 26 going through the different laws that they would ensure God's blessing upon them. And so he repeats the law and he's preparing them for the blessings so he's reminded them that they've been in the wilderness and he says in um, chapter 8 he humbled you causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord and Jesus used Deuteronomy so many times. In fact, it was the most book quoted by Jesus. He quoted Deuteronomy. And it's a preparation also for God's future plan with Jesus. And so we've got this reminder. God let them suffer, if you like, so that they would learn to trust God. And remember that God was bringing them into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, deep springs gushing out into the valleys, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, honey, a land where bread will not be scarce, you'll lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. So he recounted all of that and got them excited and, and remembered. And then he said, but, you know, there are some conditions. Let's remember this maths, reading, writing, arithmetic. Let's remember the maths. Obey, listen, plus obey equals blessings. So Deuteronomy actually means repetition of the law. So he spends this time repeating the law. And really, just to help them have those expectations, okay, we'll give you the land, but you, this is how you live. And 
sometimes when we read Deuteronomy in chunks, you think, oh, this is hard work. This is hard, you know, it's, it's this law and that law and that. When you read, I mean, God has blessed me by doing this. I've, had, I've listened to it lots of times. I've been peeling the potatoes in the evening. Right, let's listen to it again. And it's like, these are rules for community living. These aren't just hard laws from a, a severe, harsh God. It's a compassionate God that has love for the poor. He says, you know, after seven years, we're going to get rid of all the debts. And I was just thinking this as I was driving this morning, can you imagine what would happen if in seven year time, all the debts in all the world were cancelled and we were allowed to start again? Just kind of gave me a bit of a, I wonder how the economies of the world would work. <laughs> Let's start again. And, and he was saying, he even thought, and don't you be wicked, because in the sixth year, when you know next year you've got to cancel your debt, don't say, well, I'm not going to lend you any money, because next year I'm going to lose it all. <laughs> He's saying, no, even then, I want you to loan money to the poor. And amongst yourselves, not have any interest. All these little laws were special ways of helping the people to live together in harmony. Things like, I love the little bit about um, the refuge cities. You know, just in case when you're in the forest and you're cutting down a tree, you get your axe and the head falls off and it kills your friend, you can run for your life <laughs> and you can have safety. In num- you can go to a, a town and you won't be um, put to death for murder because it was manslaughter. Even that little bit, you know, God had these plans for living together in harmony and, and working together and being blessed. And then again, it made me think about... Um, the importance of of blood that if they find a body and it made me think of Pilate as well if they find a body in the middle somewhere between two towns um, and nobody knows who killed this person the nearest town has to take responsibility but instead of putting someone to death because they don't know who killed this person they had to kill a heifer so the blood was um, the death was avenged if you like and then they had to wash their hands above the heifer and say that's finished we're not going to have any retribution or any death or eye for eye tooth for tooth no this heifer's dead the blood has cleansed it and that's a bit like Pilate he said right I'm washing my hands of Jesus that's your responsibility not mine and we can see later on when we get to the New Testament passage that that was Jesus Jesus was the sacrifice once and for all for the for the death that we deserve for our sins and so all these laws were for community living but it wasn't just um, the excitement and the, and sometimes we just think about don't do this don't do that do that do that but when I was reading it again there was the three festivals and although they sound a bit complicated each of them were part of a celebration, a community celebration. So the Festival of Unleavened Bread was a celebration of the Passover. It was to get together. The Festivals of Weeks to to celebrate the harvest. So it wasn't just um, wanting them to, you know, do this, do that, do the other. It was so that they could rejoice. Seven weeks after they cut in the harvest, he was asking them to celebrate and rejoice together. Festival of Tabernacles, again, a gathering after the harvest and they were told to be joyful so all these laws all these blessings are to be joyful that we should be able to rejoice in the god of our our ancestors the god our savior and the offerings were designed as well that he talks about all the different offerings i had to give and eat and rejoice together you know he wasn't a god that was making them sad and miserable with all these laws and regulations but it was one that they could rejoice and I just love that little phrase from chapter 12, eat and rejoice together. 
we have a good saviour. We have blessings to recount to each other. We have blessings to celebrate. And uh, that was one of the messages that came across for me. However, there are consequences and serious consequences to the disobedience of the people. And just as the Israelites suffered for 40 years wandering around in the desert and having to um, basically wait until they died, until the new generation could come up. Um, so there are consequences. And the list of curses are horrendous if you really listen to what um, is promised for those that disobey God. But the blessings are amazing. Chapter 11 says very clearly, if you carefully observe all these commands I'm giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to hold fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you and you will dispossess nations larger and stronger than you. I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord that I'm giving you today. So the choice is ours, really. Do we want to see more and more of God's blessings? Do we want to grab hold of the promised land? Do we want to see our crops grow and um, our health improve? Do we want to be blessed by God? It's, it's, a, it's a challenge. He's asking us to be obedient. So listen and obey. Listen plus obey is obedient, abundant blessings, and listen and disobey is curses and the curses matched I didn't really want to dwell on all the curses but they matched the blessings so if it was good harvest it was a diseased harvest if it was health then it was just skin diseases it was complete opposites but God didn't want any of those he wanted us to live in harmony to follow the rules and to love him wholeheartedly and that was the thing he's a jealous God he wanted us to put him first he wanted him to be the centre of our lives. And he wanted them to go into that promised land and cut down all those Asherah poles, all those symbols of other gods. And again, I was trying to think, you know, maybe we don't have an Asherah pole in our house or in our garden, but what do we have that replaces God in our lives? I know for me, I've had to really cut down on, it's so easy, I love word games. And on my phone, it's, I had two or three different word games. And we were challenged recently about fasting. And they were saying, it doesn't have to be pre you know, eating. It could be fasting about something you like doing. So I actually deleted two of my, <laughs> my games. I wouldn't say I spend more time praying because I've deleted them. <laughs> but I spend less time playing silly games. And I, I, mean, I prided myself that they were word games. They weren't you know, computer games where they're killing each other. It was you know, improving my vocabulary. But... Um, that's something that gets in the way of God. And I often now look at my phone and find out what the news is, or I look at my phone to see what's the latest Facebook page or post. But really, why aren't we opening our Bibles to see what's the latest thing God wants to tell us? It's what is replacing God in our lives? What are these Asherah poles? What are these foreign gods? And the whole of Deuteronomy is about making God central to their lives and not mixing with people that were eroding their faith. And in fact, if a town was found to start to erode their faith, they had to burn that whole town, all the plunder, and that should be a significant reminder to them. That town is burned because they didn't honour me. That town doesn't exist anymore. All that rubble and all that ash that you can see was because they didn't honour me. But look at all these blessings. This is because you honoured me. 
And so it's, what in our life is replacing God? There are lots of things with busy lives, but we need to make sure that we love God wholeheartedly and he's the motivation for what we do in our daily lives. So recount our blessings, repeat the law, remember, read it, find out what God is telling us. And then the third one, raise up a prophet. I was so glad when I found the word raise. <laughs> I was saying, how does Jesus fit into this, Lord? You know? I know this is all about Jesus. I know that this is foreshadowing. What does it mean? And one, I'm going to read it to you because I, I thought I'd asked it to be read as well, but somewhere that got lost. So in Acts 3, verses 13 to 23, Peter's sermon, he's um, talking about this passage in Deuteronomy. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this, just as the people of Moses time had been witnesses to all of the, the miracles of God. The people of Peter's time had seen Jesus. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see now has been made strong. That was when he healed the leper, um, the, the lame man. It's Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. And then this is where the Deuteronomy bit comes in. Fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I think some of us really need times of refreshing. Repent so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah whom has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. So in Deuteronomy 18, Moses talks about this prophet that God was going to raise up. The people had been terrified of God. When he descended on that mountain, instead of being, wow, God has come down as a fire or a cloud, he's here with us. It was, oh no, Moses, you go and talk to him. We don't want to talk to him. <laughs> and so he said, you know, God is going to send you the prophet. Jesus is going to be your prophet. He's going to speak to you. And so Moses said, okay, that's what you asked for. You asked for me to speak. And now God is going to send you another prophet. He's going to raise up. He's going to raise up a prophet um, to um, minister to you. And let you not hear the voice of... Sorry, hang on. For this is what you asked the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God nor see this great fire anymore or we will die. The Lord said to me, what they say is God, good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites and I will put my words in his mouth. That's Jesus. He put God's words in Jesus' mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who doesn't listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. 
So this 34 verses in Deuteronomy is recounting the blessings, repeating the law, and talking about raising the prophet, talking about Jesus. It's pointing to Jesus. The people continually failed God. They continually disobeyed. And even at Moses at the end, in the, um, when he gets to chapter 32, he has a song, which is one of the, the we'll be familiar with it. It's, um, God is faithful and all his ways are just. That, that song comes from there. And in that song, in 32, he's recounting God's blessings. He's recounting the sins of the people. And he says, I know when you get to that promised land, you're going to fail again. I know it. But God will raise up the prophet. And he remem- reminds them again that in the future, God has a plan and vengeance is God's, that he will deal with what's happening. So Moses wanted them to remember the past. He wanted to live in the, fu- the present and obey him. They wanted him to have the hope for the future. And Deuteronomy points to Jesus as our saviour and Lord, the mouthpiece of God, and asks us to listen to him and warns us if we don't of the consequences. And then Peter says that we need to repent because of our sins Um, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out for the time of refreshing um, may come from the Lord and so these Israelites were on the verge on the brink of moving into the promised land Moses wanted them to know how to live their life there he wanted to give them the hope he wanted to recount the past blessings live in the present blessings have hope for eternal blessings and Jesus is the epitome of God's love. God tried in so many ways, if you like, to get the people to love him. And they still were stubborn and hard-hearted. It caused them several times, I can't remember how many times, three times maybe, stiff-necked people. They were a stiff-necked people. How I long that God doesn't call me a stiff-necked person. How I long for me to have open ears and open heart to hear what he wants to say to me. And then through Jesus, he's saying, look, I know you failed. I know it's hard, but I love you so much. I've sent my son to die for you. All of these sacrifices, they will not take away the sin, but the sacrifice of Jesus will. Repent and believe. Believe wholeheartedly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. He brings Jesus to us as the ultimate sacrifice that we might love him, that we might serve him, that we might acknowledge him, that we would uh, repent and trust in him for our salvation. Repent then and turn to God so your sins may be wiped out that the time of refreshing may come from the Lord. Let's just let that sink in a little bit. The time of refreshing may come from the Lord. Sometimes we need to be refreshed. So Deuteronomy ends with Moses' death and the handing over of the people and the leadership to Joshua. But then you've got this lovely song that reminds them that the people are a treasured possession. They are an eagle stirred up its nest. God is hovering over them like an eagle stirred up on its nest, looking after its young. 
that he, they are the apple of his life, apple of his eye, that he's shielded and cared for them, he's fed them and nourished them. So as we draw near to the end of our overview of Deuteronomy, what is it saying to us? We may be in a time of wilderness and desert, but God hasn't abandoned us and he never will. There will be a way out. Whilst we are in the desert though, we need to recount and remember what God has already done for us. Whether personally throughout our lives or as Moses did about what what the Bible tells us or what Peter tells us, or remembering that God is our rock, that his works are perfect and all his ways are just, reminding us of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to repeat God's laws. We need to actually keep reading our Bible and reminding ourselves of what's in there and the blessings that we have and claiming them. We need to rejoice in the festivities that we have as we eat together and we share together. We need to praise him. One of the little verses says, praise him so your heart isn't hardened. I love that little bit. Praise brings us soft hearts. Repent. God has already raised up this prophet that he promised and foretold through Moses. um, And he's there waiting for us. How exciting is that? Times of refreshing will come. Just as we know that the people did go and march on Jericho and they did claim the promised land, blessings did follow. So they will follow for us. We need to examine ourselves again. Make sure we are wholeheartedly serving the Lord as Caleb did and receive the blessings and not harden our hearts and ears and not listen. What gods are we serving? What's getting in the way of us wholeheartedly serving Jesus? Today, God is giving us a choice. He's setting before us a blessing and a curse. Let's choose the blessing. Amen. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for bringing Deuteronomy alive to us this morning. And I, I think that uh, 